Welcome to Booty and Bossy Eat, Drink, Knit. This is Bossy, and we are on our 20th episode. <laughs> and the weather is getting cold here in Massachusetts and in Seattle, right? Yeah. Um, so we thought we would share a family recipe for a good hearty soup. Booty, do you want to tell us about the soup? Even though we're we're looking at winter weather and we're thinking this is a good soup to warm you up in your sweater weather. No, sweater weather. It comes from a tropical place, uh, mm. the island of Kauai, where our parents used to live. And we used to go on these visits to our parents. So in a very nice time in our lives, our parents lived in this tropical paradise. It was quite beautiful. And we would go, I think most of us were in school so we could get away for school breaks, that kind of thing, which was fabulous. Except that mm. we spent a lot of time at the Walmart and <laughs> cost you more, <laughs> no, cost you less, cost save you, you less. more. Save you more and cost you less. So if you want to go to all the highlights on the island of Kauai, well, the Howley version, the Howley is the word for white people who don't belong there. But anyway, you could go to the save you more or cost you less. Or the One Walmart. time I remember mom saying that she was trying to find mincemeat for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so she goes to the save you more, cost you less and asks for mincemeat. And they looked at her like, meat? chopped up meat you know like the meat department and uh, no it doesn't actually really have any meat in it but <laughs> i think they were unsuccessful in their quest to find a jar of mincemeat but yeah well and i did always feel like it it was tropical paradise with your parents <laughs> yeah Yes. And so, and it was great because they lived there and they could take us to some of the beaches that only the locals knew about. But then you also had to spend a lot of time grocery shopping. But what was funny too, was driving around with our mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Because she lived there and we would be wanting to stop at every lookout and you'd be like whizzing by, Hana, baby, look out. <laughs> And that's sort of become the family joke of when you, you go by a place that you might want to stop, but you're not allowed to stop. Then you just yell, Hana Paper, look up. Yeah. And you just keep going. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's like that scene in um, Vacation where they get to the Grand Canyon and there's a reason why Chevy Chase is, it, is it wanting to stick around. He just stands there and he's like, nods its head. It's like, okay, we done? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't yeah. even stop. We, I don't think we ever stopped. I mean, I do remember dad saying, see the, you know, I was like, well, what are those things down there? And he was like, oh, those are taro gardens, which is where they grow the taro root. And it it looked really cool from 50 miles an hour driving by it. It's too bad we didn't get to stop. But anyway, it is a beautiful, beautiful place. And you should go there. If you go there, you should take a walk in Waimea Canyon State Park. And then after you take a walk, you should go to the lodge and you should eat this soup that they serve at the Waimea Canyon State Park Lodge. And it's a Portuguese 
bean soup. One of the things I love about it is that, and I, I don't think I really appreciated this until I'd gone to enough state parks that, you know, every state park, it's not like a generic, they serve the same mac and cheese. Mm. They have some local specialties. Like I remember when we went to Crescent Lake, they had blackberry pies and mm. stuff like that. So the Portuguese bean soup is a local specialty. After you take a hike through the Waimea Canyon State Park, you can go to the Coke Lodge, which is the lodge that's part of the state park, and get this fabulous Portuguese bean soup. And her recipe comes from a cookbook that you can buy at the Coke Lodge mm -hmm. called Tasting Paradise. And this was contributed by Karen Bacon. Bacon? Bacon, yeah. What a great name to make a soup recipe. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> so Karen Bacon contributed Portuguese bean soup in the recipe book that I think was put together with local recipes called Tasting Paradise and is for sale or used to be in 1995. <laughs> Maybe it's not. It <laughs> I did go there, what, probably about five years ago. We did have the Portuguese bean soup and it was delicious. It, and they serve it with cornbread. It, the cornbread's really good too. I wonder if that's in the cookbook. Well, that's probably in the cookbook. But so do you want to tell how you make it, Booty? Right. So the recipe calls for a ham hock, and I could not find a ham hock at the grocery store. So what I could find was the salt pork. So that's what I used. So I basically rendered some of the fat. So I fried it in a Dutch oven. I think a little bit of oil, but not too much because, of course, there's going to be a lot of fat from the pork anyway. And onions. Get those wonderful onion fat. The smell of dinner. <laughs> and then I added all the other ingredients except for the sausage and the cabbage. The other ingredients are two cans of kidney beans, two whole cloves, a half pound of celery sliced, which is, I think this says it's about equivalent to a half of a bunch of celery, uh, two to three carrots sliced. I actually chopped up the carrots and one salad potato cubed. I don't know what that meant. So I just cut up some Yukon gold, gold potatoes yeah. and it was half a green pepper. I did half of a red pepper and garlic clove minced I love that out. and three peppercorns i actually used the szechuan peppercorns that we had I and mean, that oh. was that was nice a bay leaf eight ounce tomato sauce this said two chicken bouillon cubes i used stock so i used about eight cups of stock so rather than doing the bouillon cubes and adding water just added everything and except the cabbage and the sausage and so the cabbage it said one small cabbage chopped i had a fairly large one so i think i used maybe two-thirds of it i was also at the same time as i was making this i was making a vegetarian version for my daughter so i just left out the ham and the sausage for her and it, it, it was actually a really nice vegetable soup yeah 
So you put all of that in. It says simmer for four to five hours. So I, I don't think I usually cook it quite that long. I usually saute the veg and then put the, the stock in and maybe cook it for like two to three hours. For the last 30 minutes or so, you add the cabbage and you slice up about, what does it say, 12 ounces of the recipe says hot Portuguese sausage. I usually just use kielbasa or frankly, whatever's on sale. Right. You slice that up. Yeah. There's so much in this that I think you could probably get away with not using chicken stock and using the bouillon cubes in the water. And I actually do usually add the kidney beans at the end with the sausage and the cabbage, just because I think they disappear or disintegrate if you're cooking it for two or three hours and they're canned kidney beans, you drain the kidney beans and then put those in. So yeah, I think that's a good idea. I agree. Kidney beans get kind of mushy if you let them sit for that long. Yeah. And the the other thing that I do, this is my recipe that I use when I buy a spiral ham, which I believe that is the official definition of eternity is two people and a spiral ham, possibly two people and a sheet cake. So, you know, <laughs> so I'll get a spiral ham and I'll cook that and we'll eat that. And then I'll use the the bone in the spiral ham and throw that in instead of the ham hock. And it is so good. I mean, the way that it just gets all of that really nice flavor from the ham. So yeah, I think you could do what you did, you know, use salt par- or even bacon. Right. But it's just this really nice, rich soup and the cabbage, I would not be afraid of the cabbage. I think some mm. people are afraid of cabbage. No, um, it's, it really adds a really nice, rounds it out really well. I mean, I like cabbage. I, I like So there's that, but I think it really is a good addition in this soup. And it, it cooks for 30 minutes. So it really mellows and it picks up the, the flavors in the rest of the soup. You don't really notice that it's cabbage in there. It's just got this nice green flavor. And because it's not cooked as long, it, you know, the other veg, vegetables get pretty soft, but the cabbage holds its own there. Yeah. And I would say that, well, this meets the criteria for one pot. Yes. It makes a lot too. It makes a lot. I would say at least six hungry people in possibly, you know, eight normal people. uh, Well, God, we eat this stuff for days. I mean, I I would say it probably makes eight to 10 cups of soup. I mean, I I do it in a big stock pot. Eight to 10 bowls of soup. (laughs) yeah right exactly i love having it for leftovers better the next day it's excellent it keeps i mean it it keeps very well i've even frozen it i can't really say that it freezes well because then i've left it so long in the freezer that i didn't recognize it (laughs) then i had to throw it out i yeah i often feel like the freezer is the place where things go to die good meals go to die good meals go to die yeah. But it if for us it does meet all the criteria. One yeah. pot makes a lot. 
a big crowd pleaser. Everybody loves it, especially when you add, when you make the cornbread. It'd also be good with Aunt Betty's refrigerator rolls if you yes. wanted to do that. Yeah. And it comes from a beautiful place that we like to remember. I should say that Kauai is apparently the wettest place on earth. Mount Waialiali, which is the big mountain in the middle, gets almost 400, well, I think over 400 inches of rain a year. By comparison, Sturbridge gets Ooh. about 42 inches and Seattle about 38. Ha! We get less. Because, yeah, everybody thinks of Seattle. Is, but it, the Seattle rain just kind of spits. It's, it's it doesn't, kind of yeah. gray. It can be gray in, as our mother likes to say, a misty, moisty morning. Mm. It'll be misty, but not really raining a lot. So, and then Mount Waialiali gets 10 times that. Well, you're the mathy one. So how much is that per day? <laughs> well, so if you said, I think it's a little more than 400. So it's about an, an inch and a third to an inch and a half a day of rain. And here around here, they said tomorrow's going to rain an inch. And that sounds like a lot. <laughs> That's like impressive rain. So, right. Yeah. I mean, we get three and a half inches a month, mm. maybe at that average. Yeah. Right. But what's interesting is, so you got that the rainiest part on earth, but then about 10 miles from that is the Waimea Canyon State Park with the Coquay Lodge. And the rainfall there is 60 to 80 mm. inches a year. So it, I mean, the whole island of Kauai is only maybe 33 miles across. Wow. Right. Yeah, at its biggest. And you have the rainiest spot on earth next to a comparatively I mean it's still rainier than Sturbridge but nothing like Mount Waialiali. Yeah. So yeah. really interesting place. Yeah. But and speaking of rain and interesting places <clears throat> <laughs> we are no longer Rhinebeck virgins. Yes. We have been to Rhinebeck and we have seen it's wonder. <laughs> so, Booty, what was your favorite thing? Well, there were so many favorite things. I have to say the people. There are two categories. There's the people walking around, which is fabulous because everybody's wearing their best and brightest work and everybody else is appreciating their best and brightest work. We had so many great conversations with people that were also coming to Rhinebeck for the first time and we were showing each other the things we were working on, the things that we bought. Yeah. <laughs> we were in line with this very nice woman who had showed us what she bought and we were showing her the things that we bought. And then also the, the celebrities, the knitting yes. celebrities that I had been following for years, some of these people and actually getting to see them in person was just amazing. Nothing short of amazing. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
we met Andrea Maori, and and I have to say, Booty, as you know, Booty is the expert, the knitting expert. So she knew a lot more about these people than I did. But it was fun for me to meet them because she's told me a lot about them, and. Booty was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) And Andrea Mowry is the most adorable person. She's like a crafty sort of Harry Potter. Yeah, her glasses Um, are like Harry Potter. She, I know, she's so cute. And well, and actually it was funny because I had been following her for years and years. And I had made a brioche shawl, gave it to our mom. I think she called it Briochelicious. I think that was the one. And she had said, you know, you can mix mix and match your yarns. Don't be afraid to do different colors. And so I took that to mean DK and fingering and and silk (laughs) and alpaca and who cares? I don't think that I had any at that point. I doubt that I had anything that was a non-superwash that probably would have been a, a killer because if that if I had mixed the superwash and the non-superwash and tried to wash mm. it, that would have been a disaster. But it actually did work. It just was smaller than because what I did was when I ran out of one yarn, I'd start up with another one and the colors looked good. Anyway, I also made a shawl that was a garter and brioche. And she had said that's that's kind of what she likes to do with her shawls because the garter is really nice and easy going. And then the brioche adds a really nice curve to it. If you're doing two color brioche. So that's what I did for the poncho. My rainbow poncho composition. Mm, that is our sister Melissa's excellent word for when she makes something up, she we, we all used to take the piano. And Melissa didn't really like taking lessons, but she would make these composions, yes. um, <laughs> which were her own compositions. Right. But but composions is really a better word for than composition because it's not really a word. So you've also invented the <laughs> word for your yeah <laughs> invention. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's exactly, I had, I had taken pieces of other patterns and put them together and yeah, so it was my composition. And it was so nice to get a lot of admiration for my composition. Well, <laughs> Booty did. A lot of people commented on how much they liked your, your composition. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that was great because the, the bright colors and. Right. Rainbow. If you want to, if you want to be appreciated, go to Rhinebeck. That was what was so great because it was like walking into a living yarn store where instead of things being on mannequins, you could actually see people wearing and walking and moving through it. And you you saw all different body Mm. sizes and shapes. It was just super inspiring because, you know, some things I definitely recognize like, oh, I remember seeing that pattern. I would say the big thing that I saw the most of is, what is it called? The shift. The shift, yeah. Yeah, that's an Andrea Um, Maori. Yeah, the the shift. Tons of that. And describe what that is. So the shift, it was Andrea Maori came up with a 
I think originally it was a cowl and it was a, a pattern where you slip a stitch. So you're knitting with two colors and you're slipping one color and knitting. So every other stitch is knit. And then on the opposite side, you're doing the, well, you're probably, you're, if you're knitting it, but you're, you're going across, you're knitting every other stitch in one color. And then on the way back, you're purling that same stitch. And then on the next row, you're knitting with the other wow. color. So it creates kind of a window pane effect. And if you use a really variegated yarn, like spin cycle or any variegated yarn, and then with your other yarn being a neutral, it really sets that Unique yeah, scheme. it almost creates this little sort of miniature frame. I think window yeah. pane is good for it, sort of this miniature frame for whatever that second yarn is. I, I remember um, making a hat mm -hmm. for my son and for my husband, which I think we saw the pattern in um, a yarn store on Big Harbor. Big Harbor. Yeah. yeah, I think it was um, a rainy day yarn. It is really fun to do it. There's cardigans there's pullovers this year andrew maury's pattern was the tessellated vest so that's where we saw andrew maury they were doing a meetup for people that were wearing had made her her pattern and we also saw amy Gieu, and I did apologize to her for the last time she saw Booty and she was stalking her and waiting for her to come out of the bathroom. So I did perform that public service of an official apology. Yeah. She remembered me. <laughs> yeah, because she stalked her. <laughs> She's so sweet. That, that was really fun. And Bossy bought her book, Neons and Neutrals. Yes, which she signed, which was really good. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, if you want to meet a lot of famous knitting celebrities, go through the book line, because yes. so far, Andrea Mary hasn't written a book. We we just got lucky that we happened to see her. But there was Amy Gia, there was Kay Gardner and Anne Hood from MDK. We met Nora Gon who I had met before at a Vogue event in Seattle. Make Thrift Mend by Katrina Rodobau. She had an example of some jeans that she had patched. That was really cool. So I bought that for my daughter. Yoga of Yarn by Lizzie Laird, which seemed like... Yeah, and she was really interesting. I enjoyed. And we saw, I mean, I don't know that he was really famous, but he was attracting a lot of attention. The guy in the tutu. <laughs> There was a transgender woman who had a long blonde wig and this fabulous tutu. It was sort of blue and dyed kind of pretty bright colors. And she showed us how she made it. It was out of the sort of fleece that she had attached to these wires. We took a picture of her. <laughs> so we'll put it in the show. It was great. I mean, everybody was just drawn to her and was like, how did you? And then she was like, and I, I knitted the bodice, you know, <laughs> and I just, I thought I wanted to look special and I wanted to use this fleece. And we were like, you look special, but it was so great because everybody was so appreciative of it and was just like, oh, how'd you do that? What are they? 
It was great. I love seeing the the really outlandish. There were a lot of people wearing these little headbands with sheep ears and a little sheep wool in the middle. That was that was super cute. Actually, the first knitting celebrity we met mm. was Adela Colvin of Lola Bean. And I have been a huge fan of hers for a long time. And so she was she was actually panning around the yarn at Cece's Wool, which was her where her yarn was. And I was just starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> she had this beautiful yarn called Leaf Voter Suppression Behind. Excellent. We each got a skein of that. And then we had her husband, Jimmy, sign the skein. Well, and also Adela signed it too. We had both of them sign it, which was very special. And now we're not sure if we can actually knit with it because it's a signed skein. So (laughs) I don't know. It's going in my special keepsake box or some, I'm going to have some display somehow. I'm not sure how I'm going to do this, but it's going to be fabulous because so far I have, I have a spin cycle. I need to get the other spin sisters to sign it. I might be able to do that this month, actually. And Adela and Jimmy and M.A. Gilles. But, a- and then I, I just really, I mean, I enjoyed talking to them. I really enjoyed going into the books and talking to the yeah. authors, but I also just enjoyed the conversations we had. You know, you had to wait in line for whatever kind of food you got, because frankly, if there wasn't a line, yeah, you probably didn't want it. Well, actually, there wasn't a line if you wanted an apple. Oh, that was so funny. The apples, no line. The apple cider donuts. <laughs> and we totally liked that because there was somebody from my knit camp group that we were trying to kind of connect. And she was in line for the apple cider donuts and said, do you want me to get you some? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and she that was so nice. It was so kind of her. <laughs> so they actually were, I had heard a rumor they weren't that great. They are really good. People yeah. just don't want the line to be that long. They're I like, know. oh, they're not that great. You don't want to stand in line for that. They are that good. That was good. And we met a lovely woman waiting in line for crepes. We met another lovely family who we discovered that when Booty came and sat down, that I was talking to a woman and her name was Erica. And then on the other side of us was another Erica. So there were three Ericas, Booty Erica and the other two Ericas. So it was the Erica bench, yes, which was great. The one Erica, she was a crocheter. Her husband was a knitter. He came over and pulled out the socks that he was knitting. It was just great. You feel Um, like these are my people. Speaking of the donuts and the food, uh, the other thing is the shopping. I mean, I have to say it was kind of overwhelming. There were just so many booths and, you know, shopping for yarn is such a tactile stimulating thing, but you can get overstimulated. And it's also a little bit of a frenzy. I felt like Adela's, we knew they were going to sell out. So it's like, okay, grab it. You know, it's competitive yarn buying or something, you know. <laughs> and they did sell. Yeah. The next day there was a woman who was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> we showed her our yarn. <laughs> so, yeah. I think from that aspect, we did have a plan going in. And that's definitely what I would advise. 
it can be really hard. I found myself wandering around trying to find the cider donuts for a while, which shouldn't have been that hard to find, you know, look for the place with the really long line. And I know somebody else said they spent an hour trying to find the hill, which actually isn't a hill at all. It can be, like you said, frenzy. So if you, if you can look at the map and see where the vendors are and kind of see what you want to go to, that's helpful. Or just not worry about buying yarn there because... I have to say, since Webb's, America's Yarn Store, was on the way out to there, we stopped there on Friday. And I almost enjoyed that more because I had decided to, I wanted to do another super swirl shawl and I wanted to get similar colors. And so Booty and I went all around Webb's and picked out various color schemes five color schemes and then we laid them out on the shelf and we went through the whole pack and then we kind of went back through and decided okay yeah not this one not this one (laughs) but that was really great to be able to do and I ended up with some Taki yeah T-A-K-I T-A-H-K-I yeah I'll take a picture of it but Rhinebeck is not the place for that no. Um, you're not going to be able to, okay, let me see if I can put together this yoke with this main color. Um, no, that's yeah. not happening. But um, you'll get, I think it's mainly get inspiration. And if you see something really unusual that you just like the color or like the way it feels, then you get it and you figure, well, I'll figure it out later um, yeah and I did buy some I, I had an idea for making a, a another poncho for our mom and so I I knew I needed a couple of skeins of fingering that was kind of an easy thing to yeah to but find. and mom did buy a hat yes. at heirlooms Scandinavian weave and knit and we met the couple there the husband who is a weaver, but used to work for the post office in Philadelphia until he went postal. That was, <laughs> which is, I guess means you quit. go weaving. <laughs> but they moved to the foothills of the Adirondacks and now they go around. I think she dyes and processes something like 70% of the wool that she uses. And she had a beautiful hat that mom got because mom was cold. It, well, it was cold. It was kind of raw. Well, and, and Bossy wore her beautiful shawl that she made, an Outlander shawl. Yes, I was hoping that Jamie from the Outlander would, <laughs> would mistake me for Claire and come <laughs> out of the wilds of Rhinebeck, New York for me. That's what I always hope happens when I wear my Outlander shawl. I feel but, like uh, there's a good chance that Jamie would be looking. For Jamie a- was a knitter. Yeah. So, yeah, know, exactly. He, like he, he might be at Rhinebeck. Yeah, you know? yeah. Totally see it. Yeah. <laughs> and we enjoyed the sheepdog yes. demonstrations. That was very fun. And I learned later because these sheepdogs, they really know what they're doing. Later on, I happened to be waiting outside the bathroom for mom. And these two women were trying to wrangle these sheep down the alley that is hard work without a sheep dog <laughs> Those yes sheep were not cooperating yeah. 
Well, and that's so cool to see all the animals and meet the the people from the different farms and stuff. And we watched a little bit of that. I mean, you could have spent a whole day just watching the judging and the herding and things like that if you didn't want to enter the the shopping frenzy and just wanted to kind of sit and watch that. That was that was great. Yeah, and they also had the frisbee throwing for the dogs and that was really fun too. Super cute. Yeah. So we've decided we're going next year having lost our Rhinebeck virginity this year. Right. We are now going to go back next year and we're going to drag Mom the Bomb there. Oh, she enjoyed it. She went on the second day and I think we had heard from a lot of people that Sunday was a better day to go. Booty and I went both Saturday and Sunday, and then we took mom with us on Sunday. Right. And I think that was the right yeah. thing to do too. Saturday is way busier than Sunday. So if you want a more chill experience, and there were actually quite a number of celebrities on Sunday, which we did not see. And I think the thing that I realized, I don't think it was really advertised ahead of time, the knit stars had a meetup. And so Vincent was there. Mm. The Vesuvius Crafts of Vincent Williams. Gigi Gay Gillespie was there. And I think Brooklyn Boy Knits. I, I did see him kind of wandering around. So that would be an easy way. If you can get it, do the Knit Stars meetup, you're going to see a lot of them. Yeah. She's had over the years. Even if you, I mean, I enjoyed meeting them and I, you know, I didn't know them as well as you, but I just enjoyed the other people there mm -hmm. and just seeing other people wearing their stuff and, and complimenting each other on it and asking, Oh, you know, how did, how did you do that? Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. We should talk a little bit about how Adela, when we met Adela and Jimmy Colvin, I had no idea that the night before they were sponsors of the Woolen Folk Festival, which was apparently a total fiasco this year. And they changed venues and the venue they got didn't hold enough people, but they had sold all these tickets. So basically they had too many people in a too small space. It rained. It was muddy. The vendors had a horrible experience because their tents, they didn't know they were going to be outside. They were outside in tents that got flooded. And there was, a, there was a building, I guess, but the access to the building was not ADA compliant. And there were vendors on the fifth floor with a tiny little elevator. So you couldn't, really get to yeah. yeah and so I mean people would walk up there but that you know not that many people are going to make that kind of trek up to the fifth floor so after that event well first of all you would never know it because Adela and Jimmy were just very professional and you know they didn't they did not show their exhaustion and <laughs> frustration with it and the skein she was selling sort of featured the leaf voter suppression behind those skeins. For $5 of the proceeds went to the Fair Fight Action and Rock the Vote. And it was also matched by CeCe's Wool, who had the booth, and Adela. So that meant 
for every skein that was sold, fifteen dollars went a group groups that would help make uh, voting more accessible. And after this whole wool and folk fiasco, Adela had a fundraiser for an organization that would help get more ADA compliance out there. And and we'll put the information in the show notes. But I really admire her for putting her money where her mouth is and, and turning what was really a rough experience into yeah. a way to change things and make it better. So. Yeah, she's she's impressive. I just really like that that damn Della. That um, that's what Gigi calls her. That damn Della. <laughs> but no, she's she's impressive. I thought that was very admirable the way she turned a difficult situation into something that some good could come from it. But well, we highly recommend Rhinebeck, and we're very happy to have a chance to share our virgin experience (laughs) of it with our listeners yeah however many they be oh we did hand out booty and bossy cards and we should say that once again please go to our website and subscribe if you are not already subscribed remember it doesn't cost anything and we're not going to share any of your information you just get a newsletter so please do that and please try the portuguese bean soup excellent can't recommend that enough for just this kind of weather yes and i think it's time to say whatever Whatever you do do. don't don't (laughs) like my sister sister